everyone. I'm uh, Sanjeev Goyal, and this is Peak Human Podcast. And today I have my best friend, Neeraj, who we're going to be talking about some very interesting things. Yes. So fasting. We want to talk everything about fasting. And it's timely because we're on this. Uh, we're doing the five-day fast right now. Five-day fast. And we're going to be telling you a little bit about that fast uh, later on the show as well. But the topic of the show is fasting while eating. It seems like an oxymoron, but it's actually possible. You want to talk about this five-day fast? Just a little bit about it. Like, what do you? Okay. Think? Well, as a layperson, as a non <laughs> non-medical professional, let me tell you what I understand. Uh, so the idea is to restrict your calories low enough so that your body starts getting into the state which is similar to fasting. Right. And and uh, we're on. So we're we're doing something called the prolon prolon fast. And what it is pre-packaged, it comes with little packets of everything you need to eat for breakfast, lunch, snack, and dinner. And that's it. It's very simple. You open the pack, add some water, and consume. So it's only been half a day. Uh, <laughs> You're alive. I'm alive. I'm the kind of person that normally gets very hangry. I'm sure a lot of you guys understand what that means. Uh, and so far, so good. You know, I'm actually feeling, feeling pretty good. And you did a one hour of exercise today already? Yeah, I uh, started my morning with a pretty vigorous uh, workout <laughs> session, not cluing into the fact that I'd be fasting later. But actually, that, that I don't know. I, I, I'm not feeling hungry. Okay, awesome. So we're going to talk a bit more about the five-day fast, um, fasting mimicking diet is what we're actually doing this week because this is, uh, I think, National Fasting Week, uh, March 4th to March 8th. So we thought nothing better than to do this fast, uh, just commemorate that. Uh, well, let's talk about the different types of fasting. So... Sure. Uh, you tell, tell me what, what's kind of on your mind about, about different types of fasting. I know you've experimented a bit well, with various things. So, so for a long time, I thought fasting was a really bad idea. Uh, I thought, you know, I'm made to eat and I love to eat. Uh, <laughs> and why would I fast? Because anytime, if I, you know, even if I skipped a meal, I, I, would, I, I would get a little um, upset or angry or something. Mm -hmm. But the more I've been reading about it and, and learning about fasting, uh, it, it seems to have a lot of beneficial values. And I guess if you look at various religions and cultures, they've all built fasting into, into sort of daily life. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. I mean, it's something that we hear that our parents were doing one day a week for religious reasons. And, and uh, I'm not sure when it really started, but it seems to be something, a practice, ancient practice. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, someone just told me recently that uh, in their culture, when people were sick, they would go uh, somewhere in the mountains and fast. And they would just wouldn't eat. And, you know, often they would get better. Yeah, I think things that we thought that were just been done as customs, there were some, it looks like now there's some scientific basis behind these things, which is right. very interesting that, you know, there actually was some truth to what, to what our parents were doing that, that made sense. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think for, at least for me, there's a physiological reason to, to fast. And, mm -hmm. and I'm kind of actually enjoying the, uh, the psychological aspects, like of just that having that discipline, uh, and dealing with the discomfort of of being hungry. You love the stoicism thing, right? I, well, I do love stoicism. <laughs> I do, yes, I'm a big fan of that, actually. And and part of stoicism suggests, or you know, one practice in stoicism is to um, is to live very poorly, very meagerly. You know, maybe for a week you sleep on the floor and you eat the simplest of foods, and you eat, you know, you dress yourself in very simple clothing. And while you're going through this, you keep remind, you just keep asking yourself, like, is this is this really what I was so afraid of? Mm -hmm. And I think once you realize that, you know, you can manage and, and, and handle like discomfort, it gives you a lot of confidence to, to do things. Right. Like one of the things I've noticed is that they've really, we've really demonized fasting. Like, I mean, uh, you know, we're being told never skip your breakfast, yeah. constantly eat all day because you're going to go without food. And so I think, you know, 
I wonder if this is really like industry. This is industry saying fasting is not something you should be doing because it's not good for the bottom line. Like, have you ever th- yeah, thought about that? Like, what do you think? Oh, just somebody could just turn that off. It's right over there. It's just my phone going off. It just uh, there you go. Yeah, what do, what do you think about industry? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm sure there's some truth to that. I think that uh, overall, like, it, you know, we're not aware of how much marketing actually affects our culture. Right. There's so many, there's so many examples of that where, you know, you think, oh, well, that's just how it's been. But, you know, yeah, I think the bottom line and, and, and that desire also affect science. Yeah. Like, I mean, the word break fast means that every, fasting was a normal part of, of everyone's day. Right. And that's why the morning was break fast. Yeah. And actually, well, that's a good one. So I always grew up with the, the, the idea that you should never skip breakfast. Like that was the most important meal. And if you skipped it, you'd probably put on weight. Like there was all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But now it seems like that may or may not really be true. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, every, every, we've been told, you know, don't send your kid to without breakfast to school because you're a bad parent. And I wonder, should I be forcing my kid to eat, you know, when he's not hungry? And, you know, maybe, maybe it's not, maybe it's not the best for them. Yeah, he'll eat when he's hungry. We don't have to be forcing food. So, uh, so this is the challenge, right? Like, this is the challenge. Like, we, we've heard certain things. We believe certain things. But it's hard to always know what the science is. Yeah. Um, so actually, one of my beliefs now is, yeah, you should only eat when you're hungry. And so I don't force my kids. Like, I, it still bothers me if they haven't eaten anything. So I yeah, yeah. like, why don't you at least have an apple or something, right? Yeah, yeah. But if they're not really hungry, I don't, I don't usually push them to eat. So I want, I want, I'll talk a little bit of what I think the science is behind. So you have been experimenting with intermittent fasting. And so how has that been going? And, and maybe give the definition. Or- so actually, I was going to. So, so, okay, my understanding, again, yes. layperson, <laughs> uh, there's, there's uh, intermittent fasting and then there's time-restricted right. eating. And people often are, not, I'm not saying confusing the terms, but using the terms interchangeably. Exactly. I mean, most people talk intermittent fasting, but they're really doing time-restricted feeding. Right. And so I've been experimenting with that. So um, I think the recommended amount is that you do all your eating within an eight-hour window. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, eight hours is a little tight for me, just socially, it's, it's difficult. Yeah. Um, and I think I still have that thing about breakfast. So I don't like to delay my breakfast too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so typically what I do is I eat around 9.30 or 10, mm-hmm. and then I'll have my last meal around 6.30. And how's it, how's it working? You know, it's amazing. Like. Like I, it doesn't, I barely notice it now. It took me a couple of weeks and now I, it's just, it's just very normal. And there's a great app called Zero that you can get, you can download and you can track your, when you start and stop your, your meal. So you can tell how many hours you've been fasting, but it's perfect for time restricted feeding. Right. So, so actually I, I started using that and oh, okay. I, I used it for a couple of weeks. Yeah, actually, I think I told you about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's working. You don't even need it anymore. I don't even need it. It's, yeah. it's just part of my lifestyle. And I, you know, that's how I think. Really, I think all changes or anything we want to do for our health, you have to make it a habit. You have to make it part of your lifestyle. You can't just say, well, I'm doing this now and then like use willpower all the time. You have to just make it a habit. Because you only have so much willpower. Yeah. We only have so much. We got to carefully <laughs> decide what to use it on. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's been easy. So, actually, one thing uh, I'll tell you. Um, recently, I just got my body fat percentage measured and I dropped by 4% uh, over the last four or five months. And... I haven't been really going crazy to do anything. All I've been doing is a time-restricted eating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I swapped out my morning cereal for uh, a mixture of like hemp seeds and chia and flax. Mm-hmm. So I added a little bit of more extra protein in there. Right. And, uh, and exercise, which, you know, I was doing before as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe a little bit more intense now, but very, very minor changes really. And I was able to drop 4%, which I think is pretty good. 
No, no, that's that's, that's huge. That's it's hard, difficult to, for most people to do that. Uh, so time, uh, so intermittent fasting. I believe the definition is fasting for more than uh, two days. Um, yes, up, up, no, up to uh, more than sixteen hours, but less than two days. And periodic fasting is more than two days, up to twenty-one days. Twenty-one. So well, I don't know if anyone ever does that, but that would be <laughs> that would be periodic. I think after that you'd be pretty much dead. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that those seem very intense. Yeah, and you know maybe there is science around that. Maybe that yeah. there's certain things that that really helps you with. Yeah, but really, at least for me right now, I'm just looking for things I can just put into my daily life mm -hmm. and just live better with more energy and and live longer. So, which takes us to the science. I mean, the science benefits. I mean, they have looked at you know the of what happens to your body when you when you start fasting. So. Your body will start, once it uses up its, um, its sugar, which is stored as glycogen in your body, then it will, you'll eventually start producing ketones, which is what happens when your body's in a, in a no sugar state or a starvation state. Um, I don't want to use the word starvation because starvation means you're involuntary, involuntarily uh, restricting food, but fasting is a voluntary abstinence from food. So what happens is that your body starts using ketone bodies instead to, to for fuel instead of using sugar. And your body can persist like that. And there seems to be a lot of health benefits because ketones are actually produced from fat. So you start using fat to burn your energy instead of using sugar to burn your energy. So, um, you know, people don't necessarily, if you, if you fast about five days or so, you don't necessarily lose any muscle. Uh, you start just converting to losing fat and not, not losing lean body actually, muscle. Yeah, talk more a little bit about that. That's one of the things that I find very, a little bit, I'm not sure about this whole uh, concept of losing muscle when you're fasting. Yeah, I mean, there's, so what happens is that sugar, uh, you know, glucose, um, as soon as you eat glucose or sugar in your, in your body, insulin will be released. And you need insulin to get that glucose into the cell so it can be used for energy. Or if you have too much sugar around, it's going to be converted into, um, and storage as fat. And so um, as long as insulin is around, you can't use fat to, for energy. So you have to almost give yourself a break from no carbs. You need that kind of nighttime, which is what's happening in time-restricted feeding or intermittent fasting. You need time away from taking carbs. As soon as you do that, after about 12 hours, your body will switch into burning ketones. Because you're saying the carbs trigger the insulin. Exactly. Okay. And so if you don't have insulin around, your body has to go and use some another food source. So then it's breaking down the fat. Exactly. But how does... And protein piece? Are you asking about the protein piece? Yeah. So basically, what another way to produce glycogen, uh, or which is sh sugar, is by converting protein over. But why would your body do that? Yeah, it doesn't want to do that. Like it only will do that when you're really in starvation mode. Like it's the last resort. Okay. Like the body would never doesn't want to do that. So, so those of us that have double digits, you know, not not like you, but the double digit body percent fat. Like we're okay, right? Like yeah, well, nothing's going to lose muscle. Nothing's going to happen to you. I mean, you know, of course, you do this something for twenty days, you will lose a little bit of muscle, but by far you will lose fat. And uh, you know, it's so it's very safe. And, and you know, most of us carry a w huge amount of fat around us, much more than we need. You know, we're built for fast and fa famine. We're built to build up fat during the uh, you know the the winter months. I mean, the summer months, and then during the winter, just using that fat up for keeping us ourselves warm. So that's that's really what um, body's designed for. So actually, okay, so that's another thing I think about, right? What was our body designed to do? 
And, and so in terms of the time-restricted eating, mm -hmm. like I feel like probably the ideal thing would be to eat more in the morning and less at night. Because if I might imagine myself as a hunter-gatherer, mm -hmm. like as soon as it gets dark, it's more difficult for me to, to get food. No, I, I think you're right. And, and I think the, I don't know if Greg Potter is going to be listening to this, this uh, talk. We had him speak at the, the Biohacker Summit. And he showed those good studies that showed that, yeah, the morning meal was more important to, to have rather than skipping the evening meal. I mean, not to, uh, it was, it was skip, better to the evening. skip the evening. Yeah. It's better to skip the evening meal. No, don't skip the morning. If you were worried about weight loss or, you know, just better health, it's better to, to skip the evening meal and not the morning meal. Because I think you're right. We probably are designed to eat during the daytime and we're not designed to eat at nighttime and we'll probably be sleeping. So it's interesting. So in my religion, Jainism, mm -hmm. um, we're not supposed to eat after sunset. Like that's, and I don't know, I mean, my grandmother told me that it's because we don't want to eat insects that may fight, <laughs> which I always thought was a little weird. You have to come up with an excuse to have a very logical, I mean, a very good practice. Right. Well, it worked because I didn't yeah. want to eat the insects. But, <laughs> but, you know, when I think about it, it makes sense. You want to eat during daylight hours because that's probably what our body was designed exactly. to do. And we have our own circadian rhythm of the body. So as soon as you take that first bite in the morning, your body just starts waking up. Like there's a, the whole digestive tract starts to begin its own 24 hour cycle. So you can't constantly be eating because your body needs, like at eight o'clock or whatever, six o'clock, your body has to take that evening break and actually shut down. And if you don't do that, your, your gut is constantly awake. It has its own rhythm. So I think it's important that we need to respect that day-night uh, rhythms, as well as seasonal rhythms. I think we have those and people need to understand that. We're probably built for, you know, different foods for different time of the years and different, you know, fasting versus feast and all that, I think. It's so, more complex than, yeah, just this, you need to eat this every day. But it seems somehow that traditional societies understood a lot of this, right? They had those rhythms. And I think they're more in touch, <laughs> in touch right. with what's going on. And I think, yeah, when, when we're fasting, we sometimes get a little bit in touch with it. We start to understand and but, feel that. I mean, now, now some, some religions actually do the opposite where they fast during the day and then they eat at night. Now, is that maybe it's more psychological yeah. toughness that they're building in that case? I think, I mean, just, I'm just throwing it out there. They're probably, this, they're hiding. Like it's meant to like, you're not, they're probably not supposed to eat at all. And, okay. and, and by eating at nighttime, it was kind of like you're hiding, nobody's seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> like it was meant to like, you know, like, okay, that's like a, it was just a way that you're really not eating at all because it's at okay. nighttime. It was kind of hidden. So probably that's what my but, thoughts and are. And you just sort of changed. A lot yeah, I think they've made years. it now. And like, okay, this is how you can get by. It's not. It's not a because eating thirty days without eating would have been extremely difficult. Right. right, but, right but I right. think probably was done in the past. You know. I mean, yeah. I've got the like. <laughs> Gandhi like fasted for like a month. I don't even know like, you know, how he did those things. He was, he was eating at night. I thought he was pretty weak. When things without water fast, I mean, there's some dangers. I think this, again, fasting, it does kind of have some dangers. And so that brings us, you know, to the fasting mimicking diet and why this is way safer. Because <laughs> I think you are getting, you're eating about 750 to 1000 calories a day. Uh, it's just that you're not eating so many carbs and they, they basically formulate in such a manner that you're not activating your insulin so much. Okay. Yeah. But actually, so I did have a question about that. So, you know, like it, this makes it very easy having these packs and very, very convenient. I don't have to think. And in some ways it's great, you know, just to get a break from cooking and all that too. But, but why not just, why not just not eat? No, no. I think you'd have the same benefits. Like I okay. think you, you might be have the headache and you might feel weak and you might feel tired, okay. but here this is kind of helping you because it's giving you the vitamins and minerals that, you know, so you're still getting all that, but, um, you're not kidding with the food. So I think, 
I, I think this just makes it easier. And there's same benefits. Apparently, on your blood work, you get the same benefits of, of, as if you're fasting. Okay. Which is pretty w- Without the headaches. Without the headaches. <laughs> and what I was, you know, was really interested, I, I was, I mean, apart from like, you'll have a lower sugar and you'll lower your cholesterol and all that. I think the real benefit here is what they're saying is that it activates your stem cells. So in this study, what they did on mice, they noticed that their liver shrank during the study. And as soon as the study was done and the if mice were refed again, they right away, the cells went overdrive of regeneration. So that's what they're saying is that somehow we're kickstarting by fasting. It's like resetting your cells, like getting rid of the old cells, which are dead and I mean, you know, old or whatever, tired. And then when we're going to eat again, hopefully on Saturday, it's going to like, it's going to kickstart muscle growth and rejuvenation okay. of our body. So that's what I think fasting is really cool about. So, I mean, that's, maybe we're going to go on a tangent here, but mm-hmm. senescent cells, yes. like that seems to be the next sort of frontier for, for uh, living longer, is finding ways to clear out these cells that are, uh, maybe you can explain what senescent cells are a bit more, but, but these are basically like the zombie cells. Yeah, right? like they're almost sleepy. They're like, they're, they're shutting down. So the question is, why do, why do cells go into senescence? I was talking with somebody about this and, you know, that I think in times of food, plenty of food, and if you're over 40, there's no evolutionary purpose for you to be on the planet. <laughs> <We're done. laughs> so your body actually starts to send a signal that it's time to wind down and get the cells into senescence. And that's how aging happens. There's actually no other reason that our bodies need to age, like biochemically. But why, why would your body tell itself to shut off? Because it's time for the new generation to come. Like you've passed your genes on to your kids. It's time for a new, like, the whole purpose of your population is to spread those genes. Okay. And if you've done your job, you're actually just consuming so you're saying, resources. So you're now. saying we've got to trick our bodies. You have to trick your bodies that we're not in times of plenty here, and you know, fertility may still happen. So what what do you have to do? That's why a time. That's why caloric restriction ex- extends life and keeps these cells young, right. because the body doesn't realize. Oh my, there's there's not that much food here. I shouldn't think that it's uh, my job is done. So caloric restriction is one that's interesting too. Like that's been pretty much proven to help yeah. you live longer, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily help you live better, right? No, I don't think it just and makes that, you live longer. So I think that's one of the things we want to balance here. Like, what, uh, what do you mean by living better? Like, I don't know, did well, they what, say that they're what weaker I, or something? Yeah, or? That, that generally people that, and I don't, I don't know this for a fact, but some of the things I've read is that, yeah, if you're like heavily restricting your calories on a long-term basis, yeah. you're, you're a little more fatigued, mm-hmm. you're... you're well, it's 25%, I mean, imagine going 25% or what, 25 to 50% less caloric intake. That's like having like, you know, 1250 calories per day. It would be difficult. Like you would feel tired. Like even today working out is difficult. So I think that that's true. That's why I think it's better to do these periodic things where like you eat normal and then you reset your body with the fast and you have the same, same benefit. Yeah, I guess that's, that's, we, 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 we need to optimize for what we want in life, right? I mean, part of what I enjoy in life is eating, right? Like I love eating. Yeah, like yeah, I love yeah. trying different foods. And, and I think, yeah, being majorly restricted would not be fun. Yeah. So I wonder if maybe there's other ways that eventually we'll be able to trick the body that won't be so difficult. Like I think it's coming because, you know, how is it that, you know, certain types of insects or animals or whatever, as soon as they're mated, they just quickly die. Like they're healthy one minute, the next day they're dead. Like wow. it's because the switch just goes off that they've completed their job. So I think that's, we need to somehow figure out a way to trick ourselves to think that we still need to live. <laughs> well, okay, you know, maybe that's where having a purpose in life is really important. 
Because you hear about people, you know, when they retire, and then they're then they quickly diminish, right? Yeah, that's true. I never thought about that. <laughs> but it like, seems to be related, right? It's, it's we're, they right away they're they're done. Yeah, like, and they, they, they rapidly deteriorate, they get weaker, and dementia or something like that. I mean, some of it could just be correlation because you're also older and, and all that. But but it, there does seem to be something there, right? Yeah, so I think so maybe part of tricking ourselves is making sure you have a purpose in life and yeah. something you care about. Like there's a reason to live. There's a reason for you to exist. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I'm doing this podcast because this is this is my purpose to uh, share this type of knowledge with you all. How are we doing? Is there any questions or anything? Or I think we're good, right? Yeah, I think we're good. Awesome. So we're gonna wrap it up. Anything you want to end with? Wait, there is one question. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, just hi. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so any questions, put them on the thread. We're going to probably be doing some follow-up uh, sessions about how we did. So look out for that. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it was a real pleasure. Thanks for coming in and all the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, my pleasure. I'm glad you did this on day one, by the way. I don't know if I'd be in a good mood on day five. We'll find out. All right, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.